Welcome back to Saturday Sports Talk here on DWS. Lauren Tate, Michael Kaiser with you. We're with head coach Lovey Smith. Atlanta football team just uh, announced another signing class for 2018, another part of the signing class for 2018. Uh, so now you've had two signing periods. Um, how did your staff adjust to that? Uh, I know you've talked about how you really like the early signing period, but how did you guys adjust to having two different dates in a, a short time period? We did. I, I did mention that I liked it. Um, I think when a guy knows where he wants to go to school, uh, I think a guy should be able to pretty much do make that commitment any time. I would even be in favor. Once you know where you want to go, why put time limits? You know, you want to get married, you can get married any time, right? So I feel the same way about college athletics. But to have an earlier signing period where players can get it over with and they kind of concentrate on enjoying the rest of their senior year, Christmas and all that. So it helped an awful lot. Uh, by the amount of guys that signed, it said that they were ready to make that commitment then, which allowed us the, the second uh, signing period was a lot less stressful. Um, and we could really concentrate on the following year a little bit earlier. Well, um, you have to concentrate that you had a couple coaching vacancies throughout, throughout this process. How difficult was it uh, from that standpoint? I know you had some other st staff assistants who were not recruiters who went out for you, but to not have the full-time assistants in place, would that add any extra uh, strain? Are you guys trying to get the job done? No, not really. You can have, well, up till, uh, uh, you know, for us this past year, it's a, it's the amount of guys that you can have out. So uh, if you have other, uh, you know, university employees, they can go out in those slots. So we were never really – undermanned, anything like that. We let some of our guys in our recruiting office go out and hit some of the areas. So it didn't affect us any at all. Uh, Coach, uh, I mentioned Kirkland the other day. Is it a benefit to have a guy like that out in the field when he is your main recruiter anyway? Yeah. I think that'd be a, a positive. It, it really is a positive. Not only James Kirkland, but Pat Emelton also. Both of them were able to go out at periods of time. I mean, they're up on top of recruiting as much as anybody in our program. So for them to be able to hit certain areas was a boost for us. That's why we weren't really in a big hurry to feel the rest of the staff. It's not like we were coaching our players right then. It was all about the best guys that could help us with recruiting efforts. Uh, is your recruiting – I know it's never over, but um, are you, do you have several other options now? I mean, as you go forward, there, there might be graduate uh, players available, that sort of thing. Do you have some openings that you can use that way? Absolutely. You know, just looking at the recruiting rules as a whole, you can have 85 guys on scholarship. We you know we're not really there yet. Uh, but for us, you can only sign 27 in any or 25 in any class. But there are other ways. You know, you can use a blue shirt. You know, Lauren, you mentioned the graduate uh, transfer uh, athletes that are available right now. So we have options with that. We finish up this phase of our recruiting efforts, but. Uh, We'll be looking to add a couple of graduate transfer uh, athletes a little bit later on, too. Can you count some of those people back? Explain that. Yeah, you can count them forward, not necessarily back. Oh, okay. So whenever we talk about blue shirt and things like that, you can uh, – if, if, they, if they're not a recruited player, uh, you can count them towards the 2019 class as, which, as long as your numbers are under 85 total. By the way, what are your numbers right now? I, I, I did a count the other day, and I got, I got over 80. It's a, but fluid, I, Lord, it's a fluid number. Sure. Uh, from eight, we'll, we'll be at somewhere from 80 to 85, maybe 81, 82. Everybody, we have one more player that we're kind of waiting on a little bit, but uh, we still have a couple other possible slots. 
you've been able to kind of there have been a ro- lot of roster shakeup, uh, 15 transfers, but you're starting to build the roster of your players and your coaching staff. Uh, how important is that to your program to have a bunch of guys that you and the rest of the staff uh, recruited here? Very important, you know, and I think whenever uh, there's a coaching change, you know, there's a culture change and all of that, just not coaching change, culture change. There's going to be some guys leave the program. Uh, some guys would like to leave. Some players we would like to leave. Uh, so that's, you know, a part of it a little bit. Uh, but for us, we, there's a certain way we want to do things. There are certain guys that we would like to have doing it. So we have gone through that. Uh, we're close. You know, whenever you can bring in two classes, and so that's over, you know, over 50 new players, you're headed in the right direction. I know that you're not big on uh, recruiting rankings, but this class probably is, is not where you want it to be. Um, but it's, you, this is your second full class, as you just mentioned. Um, how how much easier did it get for you uh, in terms of just getting a, a feel for what this program and where you guys want to recruit? First, I'm going to go back to you say it's not where we want it to be. I disagree with that. It's exactly where we want it to be. I don't know exactly where we end up with the so-called rankings. But last year, our first class was a good class. I don't know where it ranked. Fifteen of those guys started. Uh, this class, I think, is just as good, but probably a few more high-profile guys that we had to work for. So we, uh, two years of recruiting, two excellent class we have coming in to really lay a great foundation for what we're going to do going forward. There was some need. There were some need positions a little bit more this year than it was the first year. Quarterback. You know, look at the amount of skill guys we added, especially on the back end, uh, on the defensive side of the football. We're able to fill a lot of those spots. It looks to me like um, you've got a, a core of players in your in the freshman class that will be sophomores now. That it, it looked to me like you're you're more like filling around them, uh, and I, with some really high quality, particularly in the line. I, it looks to me like with Virtus Brown and, and some of the guys you picked up in the line that you've got a real chance to, to move those guys, but maybe not necessarily full-time starters, but kind of working in with the players you already have. Absolutely. And your second year, it should be that way. You know, you try to get what you can the first year, as many good athletes at all positions as possible. Now we've had a chance to see a lot of those players play, to know exactly what direction we need to go. And then you do start plugging in players here and then player, you know, you know, quite around. Let's talk about the spring ball. That's only a month off. And, and uh, what are you, what's your emphasis? Do you have uh, areas of emphasis? It's always the same, Lauren. I mean, for spring ball, you want to – it's about individual improvement. Just keep in mind, we talk about those 15 players that uh, – 15 true freshmen that started. They haven't been through spring ball. So we jumped in right away. The base, the, the foundation of fundamentals we haven't gone through. Some of them, like Verdere and Lowe, miss all of uh, training camp. Uh, Nate Hobbs had mono miss all of training camp. So we get a chance to now start from the base fundamentals with so many players. A lot of young linemen, uh, you know, before you can really start competing at a certain level, you need to get bigger, stronger, faster. This, all, this period of time right now of players in the weight room, we had 6 a.m. workouts going on. Uh, the players just getting – so all of that is important. And from there, then the basic foundations for our football – team. I'm talking about what we're going to do offense, defense, special team. We have a new offensive coordinator. So uh, there's so much that we need to work on as a young group, and that's what we'll start doing in spring ball. And talk about the defensive line. I think you have a new defensive line coach. Have a new defensive line coach. Uh, I guess I probably shouldn't say his name until he actually gets here on campus, but 
Austin Clark will be our new defensive line coach. Look at a lot of guys, a lot of interest in this uh, in this position. We interviewed a lot of guys, and um, he came in, and uh, I didn't know a whole lot about him except for by reputation. You know, once it gets out that we're looking for a coach, everybody starts calling, and you start doing your research. And brought him in. He blew us away on his interview, and very excited about him coaching our guys. You know, uh, I would say that that uh, in in Analyzing, you're taking a 27-year-old guy. This is a little bit different than, than you normally have uh, done. Is that fair to say? No, I wouldn't necessarily. This is what we do, same as players. We look at everybody. We put everybody in a group, and you start talking to them, and then you, you choose the best player. It doesn't matter whether it's a freshman or a fifth-year senior. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a coach with a lot of experience or a player or a coach that's starting out. Uh, normally, those very good coaches are, are good when they're young, and they're going to be good when they get older. So don't re really look at it that way. Best guy, we're pumped up about him coming in. Well, I was just going to – but you have – you very you took a high school coach. You took a player from – a coach from Arizona. You've taken – you've kind of – you haven't centered in on one particular way of doing things, have you? No, you, you want variety, uh, diversity with what you're doing. Um, so there, no, there isn't just one type of person that we're looking for. Uh, I don't want guys that, you know, you don't go out to practice, hear me cursing out players and doing all that. But you may hear some choice words from a few of our other coaches. We're not, we want everybody to be the same, not interested in that. We want different personalities. That's what you have on your football team. Guys from different parts of the country, uh, different likes. This is what we want. We want to be a melting pot on our coaching staff, just like we want to be a melting pot with our football team. Lovey Smith joining us on Saturday Sports Talk here on DWS. Michael Kaiser, Lauren Tate with you. Coach, um, you, you referenced having a variety and different personalities. Uh, you have a lot of NFL experience on the staff, and now you have the, the Corey Patterson from high school and this young guy here. How important is it to have the, all the way from the NFL all the way down to that age level? I think it's very important. Donnie Abraham, we hired last year, was also a high school coach from the IMG Academy. So I think you start looking at people. All of these guys don't have a background in football. You know, some of them have played and then chose to coach high school ball or college of pros. One thing I think helps when you've been in so many programs like we, like I have, gotten a chance to meet a lot of different people. And there's a lot of different ways of doing things. When I first went to Tampa Bay, Tony Dungy talked about it. He said, half my staff uh, will be college coaches. Didn't want it to be an NFL group. It's a lot to that. He asked him why. You know, teachers, great teachers in college. And I see the same as we're looking at it. Now take, now we're college, and below us are the high school coaches. They've been mentoring players throughout, uh, teaching them how to be a man. And it's before you can develop the football player, you have to develop the man. So... There's a lot of good high school coaches that can do that. A lot of good coaches that can, college coaches can do that. A lot of good NFL coaches that can do that. So we're going to have a variety. Let's go back to the uh, off-season workouts and strength and conditioning. You mentioned the workouts at 6 a.m. Joey Bose is getting these, some of the early enrollees. Um, how important is it for those guys uh, who haven't been here, who are, there's, there's a handful of those guys right now, to get this off-season work, to get those fundamentals in before spring ball starts versus the guys that are going to not be able to be here till the summer? It's critical. You know, it's one thing when – and, again, we did it. We played a lot of players, and a lot of them weren't physically developed the way that they will do. 
But once you get more strength, you get more confidence, that's the way you start building your program. Joy Bose, uh, Willie Jones, some of the guys down there do an excellent job with, with our players, whether it be through you know, speed too. It's just not developing strength, how much you bench press it, but it's developing that, that entire body. Uh, they do a great job with that. The players, you talk about getting confidence when you feel yourself getting stronger, getting bigger. So that's what we're doing right now. You know, I think you, you go underground for a while and not let anybody see what you're doing, and then you show them that product a little bit later on. That's what we're doing right now. We're behind the scenes right now, but guys are making improvements. Uh, let me talk about the facility. A lot of talk yesterday having uh, the uh, the meeting with everybody and the $5 million uh, contribution. Uh, uh, what's that mean to you? It means an awful lot. You know, Stu Lebnick gets done an awful lot for our program. He, he gave a little shout-out to you, too, Lauren. I mean, he started really going back telling stories about you. <laughs> and um, and they were telling me how you, you've you been a, one of, a, a legend softball player around here. Oh, I learned wow. quite a few things about you. <laughs> but uh, when for all of us, there's a we've come through a university, you know, and in Stu's case, uh, you know, he told his story of being earning a scholarship, so proud of what the University of Illinois did for him. And I, I think it's our duty a little bit to give back. You know, my wife, Mary Ann, and I are Tulsa University graduates, and we try to give back. Everybody should try to do that. But for our team to have one of their own come back and talk to them and, and, and make an investment in them, that's what he was saying. So that was huge. I saw Bobby Walker there. Did you have the walk-ons there just for that purpose we because had, of Stu? Yes, we had uh, a few of them that weren't in class, the ones that could come. We had Chase McLaughlin, who earned a scholarship there. We had Bobby Walker, who earned a scholarship. And we have a couple others. We've given in two years, we've given out four scholarships to walk-on players here. I think it says an awful lot. We want to get our walk-on program up, the numbers, and guys have an opportunity to uh, – to earn that scholarship. We had some preferred walk-ons that chose to gave up scholarships at other places to come and walk on at our program this coming year, so we're proud of that. You, you mentioned um, the how much this performance center means to you, but in your conversations with the recruits, you know, this is probably kind of conversations that you've been here, but now ground's moving over there. You can tell them that it's moving, you know, it's not just a conversation, it's not just in design phase, it's actually moving along. What, did the, what, what do recruits say to you when you actually tell them that its construction is underway right now? It's one thing to, to talk about the picture. Anybody can do a picture. See the pictures? Yeah. Guys, look at the pictures we have right here. But it's one thing that when you go out there, it's, not, it's just not talk about it now. We actually take them to the construction site. You know, there's a full-fledged construction site going on out there right now. And guys know there's a date, you know, of course, a, con, uh, a completion date. And it's something that we need. I mean, as we you look in the Big Ten, just about every Big Ten team, I think, except we're the last one, has a new facility. So now we're going to, it's going to put us back. The level, you know, we've leveled that playing field quite a bit. And that, that was the only thing I thought we were missing here at the University of Illinois was to get updated facilities, and now we'll have that. You know, um, everybody talks about the Eastern Division being so much stronger. I noticed Nebraska's coming on pretty hard with uh, Scott Frost, had a great recruiting year, and uh, Wisconsin uh, strong again, and Iowa's won a whole bunch of games, 30-some games over the last few years. I mean, it's uh, the league is, is not waiting around for you, Coach. <laughs> no, no, it isn't, and that's why as we talk about you have to stay up there. 
Everybody else has great facilities. We have that. Now it's the competing on the football field part. Uh, as I look at us competing on the football, we didn't win enough games last year. But yeah, South Florida was better than us when we played them. Ohio State was better than us. We had three red zone turnovers down here against uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Minnesota uh, scored late to beat us. Purdue scored late. We're in it with, and then all those other games, we're in it. We're close. You're right, it's a tough division, Big Ten in general. But at the same time, I think you can come from here to there quickly, too. Talk about the quarterbacks. This is my last question for you, the quarterbacks. And I want to know, I, I'm really excited about MJ Rivers. I have been since I saw what he did in the playoffs in Texas. And I don't understand why he didn't rank more highly. It looked to me like he's a top prospect, and you got three of them coming. Well, Lawrence, you talked about, okay, where we're ranked. We think that MJ Rivers, you know, James Kirkland, uh, one of the first guys that came on board a year ago with, uh, with MJ Rivers, hey, hey, Love it. There's this guy down in Texas, I think, is an outstanding player. It's going to be hard to get him because everybody's going to recruit him. But take a look at him. So we did. Loved him then. Uh, MJ Rivers is an excellent football player uh, that's got a great future ahead of him. But I am going to say that about Karan Taylor, too. We've seen him move the ball up and down the field quite a bit. You know, Matt Robinson going to say the same thing about him. Cam Thomas did a few things. But once you get your program where you want it to be, you want to, you should have great competition at every position, and that's what we've created here. Lovey, the um, I know MJ Rivers. I talked to James about MJ Rivers before, and his dad is a big fan of yours. Um, do you even think about that? That just the your name and your name on you know what cachet that carries when you go to recruiting. Well, I, I hope. You think about it well, we're any way that we can we can have an advantage recruiting, we're going to use that. Uh, but I think nowadays, uh, everything that you've done is, is a, a little touch away. You know, you can find out any information you want on anyone. And uh, I take pride in trying to have a certain type of relate, uh, reputation on how we do things, uh, how we run our program. I want parents, and, and especially you mentioned, you know, Marcellus, a guy that's been in football all his life, for him to entrust us with uh, – helping, you know, grow his son means an awful lot. But I feel comfortable and confident of, of my, one of my sons being coached by the staff that we have here, have an excellent staff. So that means quite a bit. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, we can just continue to, to get those type of uh, guys responding to us. You've coached in, in two Super Bowls. Uh, does that come up in conversation with the recruits very often, and especially with the Super Bowl just, that just happened? We all have a history, and if you're a football uh, fan and you, you talk about that history, it's tough getting to the Super Bowl, you know. It's tough winning games in junior high, high school, NFL, wherever you are. So we're proud of that, you know. So do I uh, take it off of my resume that I led my team to a Super Bowl? I had the fortunate uh, – I was fortunate enough to lead my team to the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, do I bring up that uh, – I was blessed enough to have been around uh, Hall of Famers on a daily basis, and, and the University of Illinois will not be practicing on the day that Brian Erlacher goes into the Hall of Fame this coming uh, summer. Absolutely, we bring that up. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you, Brian Urlacher, uh, what was your conversation like with him? Obviously, it's a private conversation, I'm sure, but what was that like with him right after he found out? You know, I, then first off, we didn't have to really have that much of a conversation to know. You know, when you start off as a kid, uh, it's not, hey, I want to be a Hall of Famer. But when you start playing and you see that you're better than most people in everything that you do, that's where you belong. So for most of us that know, that knew, that know Brian Urlacher, it was just kind of formality. But when that, you get that call, though, it's pretty special to wear that, to wear that jacket. You know, it was special for Tony Dungy, who I had a chance to be around, of course, and, and on his first staff. I take pride in that. Uh, it, it meant a lot to Derek Brooks, first-time Hall of Famer. Aeneas Williams. So we've been blessed to be around a lot of guys. And I think that helps us in our – that's helping me be a better coach for the University of Illinois, to know what a player looked like at certain stages of his career and to get our players to dream big like all these players did. Final thing for you, the, we mentioned Austin Clark's going to be the new D-line coach. Uh, when do you have a timeline of the, of the other vacancy on the staff? Yes, we're going we're gonna to fill that soon. How's that? <laughs> Gives you a little bit of uh, – give us a little bit of leeway. Um, we're interviewing guys right now. Uh, we should have make, be making an announcement fairly soon with that too. And uh, Mike Fair, uh, have you had conversations with him? Uh, and that was kind of a – Shocking situation to him, I'm sure, and uh, what was unexpected. First off, these guys were talking about Mike Fair. I coached Mike Fair in college. So mm -hmm. we have lifetime relationships, whether they're on my staff or, or Brian being somewhere or Lance Briggs or some of these guys. Uh, so I have talked to Mike. And uh, first off, Mike's a good football coach. And the Indianapolis coach signed Mike Fair to a contract. So he, he will be coaching for them some kind of way. And I know it's an exciting time for them to see who their new uh, head coach will be. Chris Ballard is a guy that's been in our, you know, work with him a few different spots. Him being the GM there, he'll do a great job and get a, another good coach in there. And Indianapolis uh, will be on our way back up to the top. Love you, Smith. Thank you. Thank you.